0: Welcome to the Doxology Podcast. I am Lucas Stock. And I am Jens Nelson. And this is a podcast dedicated to journeying together on the road that is the Christian faith. Join us as we discuss and investigate theology and the Christian life, striving for unity amongst our diversity as members of Christ's church. Well, we are in the thick of it. We are still in the middle of our mystery month, so we're tackling another uh, mysterious investigation of something that is not immediately obvious. We probably should have come up with a snappier tagline before we jumped into this month, but here we are. So we've talked about, really, I think we're, we, we kind of did a decent job, I think, of picking different sort of types of questions to, to ask and, and try and attempt to answer. We got kind of a bigger, you know, canon question the first week with talking about whether the story of the woman in adultery belongs there what it means for us in terms of our interpretation of it etc um, last week we talked a little bit about mysteriously mythical creatures and or I should say, let me rephrase that mysteriously mythical monsters and um, looking at possible explanations of that and interpretations of the significance and we've got this one's a little closer to that one but i think it's still a little different especially in terms of how we're going to quote unquote answer it Uh, because i think even more so than anything else we'll talk about we maybe won't really come to what you would call an answer so to speak but we're talking about old people specifically how old people used to be according to um specifically the very early chapters of Genesis, although it does you know what we would consider extremely old does continue to appear uh, into you know further on in in biblical history in reading through Genesis and Exodus uh, and jumping ahead a little bit to Joshua. So anyway,, um, If you've ever read the bible especially the first few chapters of genesis you've probably come across of the generations following adam and how old they are and immediately you'll notice that we're talking hundreds and hundreds of years right hopefully this isn't a surprise to you if it is a surprise to you go pick up genesis and flip to chapter 5 specifically but um that is quite mysterious (laughs) to fit with the theme of this month (laughs) at least in terms of any sort of experience of old age that anyone of us has ever come across for the last very long time of human history, I think it's safe to say. Uh, So that's kind of why we wanted to tackle this question, why it fit with, with our theme of tackling these mysterious questions. Because there doesn't seem to be an immediately obvious explanation as to how to account for that, um, and maybe even more so than that, why yeah. to account for that, yeah. or or you know why we might hypothesize that that uh, the ages are given with so, to be so so big, um, if we want to you know take an interpretation that doesn't necessarily demand you know a literal account of you know chronological age which maybe maybe we do need that but anyway that's what we're covering today i want to know where you started in terms of thinking through this question yeah you know in terms of <clears throat> in terms of planning out sort of like like where 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 do we even start with something like this
1: yeah i mean it's difficult because uh, obviously we have to start with scripture because that's where we get this from. If like, you you alluded to Genesis, I mean, you could go to Genesis five and you see this pretty long list of this person lived to be this age and this person lived to be this age. And so naturally you could ask yourself, well, is that literal years as we consider literal years? Is that something more like, uh, you know, is this supposed to be, you know, hyperbole? Is it uh, a metaphor? Um, and I think, Based on other, the, what you have to do is basically look at the the usage of the word as it's found in Scripture. What does years mean when it says that Moses lived to be a certain age or, uh, you know, this person lived to be a certain age? Is that consistent throughout Scripture? And I would say that it is. And so maybe the next question is then like, well, how could Adam, for example, live to be 930 years old? Like, were the conditions of life just different such that it allowed for like a slower aging process. Like I'm picturing like the aging of humans today, even people that get up to be like nineties and a hundreds that they get pretty old uh, as they get pretty old, they get really frail their, their bodies start to deteriorate. Uh, you know, they might get wrinkly and just uh, yeah, require assistance walking and moving and stuff. And so it's like, so did that natural process, like, was that a slower thing was like what we consider 10 years, like a hundred years. So it's almost like when when someone ages 10 years now they that's it took them 100 years to age that way back then i don't know like again this is all hypothesis this is why it fits into our mystery month really well Uh, but i think what i'll say here uh is just what genesis 5 basically says we see that adam lives to be 930 his son seth 912 uh seth's son 910 uh methuselah for example the oldest uh 969 years and noah 950 years so like all really really old i mean 900 years think about human history it's 2022 to go back 900 years think about all the things that have happened in that time frame um and also think about the the storyline of genesis like how much time passes um in just a, like a couple chapters, like history moved very quickly. There's a lot that we don't see. There's a, a lot that we don't see um, because we haven't even re- necessarily even hit the flood yet um, because at the flood in Genesis 6, so we're talking like 900 years or more has passed in just like the first five chapters. Um, but we see like after the flood, for example, Noah's uh, Noah's son Shem lived 600 his son lived 438 years. Then uh, Shelah, Shelah lived 433. Peleg 239, and then Terah, the father of Abraham, lived 148 years. So as you can see, like the, eight, the 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 length of people's days is already decreasing. And what's interesting is if you go and read Genesis six, right? You read. Um, about the, where where God says my spirit will not remain with mankind forever because they are corrupt their days will be hundred and twenty years so even even at Genesis six in the flood passage um, we see like God God himself saying their their years are going to be shorter so this would seem to me to indicate okay so people were living longer people were actually living nine and six and four and two hundred years or even to one hundred and seventy five. Like Abraham, right? Um, and so God says, you know, their days will be 120 years. But what's interesting is it takes a little bit of time for that to fully go into effect because even Abraham lives 175, Isaac lives to be like 180, Jacob I think is like 140, um, and then once you see like the 400 years in bondage, so when when Israel um, is, is is in slavery in Egypt, Moses lives to be 120, Joshua 110. And then by the time of the kings, David dies at 70, Solomon at 80. And I think like, relatively speaking, ever since then, it's like that sort of has been like the top of the threshold, kind of, you know, there are obviously periods of human history where the life expectancy was much lower. We're talking like 40s, 50s, 60s, but especially today, like 70s and 80s is pretty average for the length of time that someone would have lived. Um, and so, yeah, what, what's the deal? I I mean, that's, that's what scripture says. If we're going to take scripture at its word and believe it at face value, then some of the questions that follow is like, how was that possible? How is it? How is it so that like someone like Abraham could live to be 175 even, let alone someone like Adam living to be 930? Um, so that's sort of like where I started. I was like, well, let's just see what the passages say. And then I also explored like what other passages say, um, like another, another example, um, Jacob says to Pharaoh in Genesis 47, my pilgrimage has lasted 130 years, my years have been few and hard, and they have not reached the years of my ancestors during their pilgrimages. So that's really interesting. I mean, Jacob himself is like recollecting on his his family, on his lineage, where he comes from. And he recognizes that like I've lived so much shorter than my, my ancestors and relatives. These people who are living for hundreds and hundreds of years, like even think 130 years versus 900. How many lifetimes can fit? I, I don't, the math is something probably like six or seven or whatever, but like six or seven of Jacob's lifetimes is what Adam lived. That is just unreal to me. That is just mind boggling. Um, uh, an- another example, and then I'll, I'll kick it over to you, is Psalm 90 verse 10, where Moses, it's like his prayer. He says, our lives last 70 years, or if we are strong, 80 years. Even the best of them are struggle and sorrow. Indeed, they pass quickly and we fly away. Um, so again, by the time that even Abraham or uh, sorry, even by the time that Moses is living, his days are 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 shorter and fewer. Um, and so what what's the deal here? i'm I'm curious how you started, and then maybe what we can do is discuss some of like what we think was going on, um maybe discuss some of the theological implications, but where where did you choose to start this conversation?
0: Yeah, I was. I guess starting from a more of a uh, what are the what does this mean what or you know what could this mean right what because even regardless of of what you say about you know if all of these numbers are exactly precise exact you know uh, accounts of these lifespans and even if even if whatever you say about how or why that happened Um, regardless of how you answer any of those questions, you still have the fact that Genesis 5 largely consists of a long list, um, a a genealogy, giving not just the genealogy, but the ages, right? Um, Genealogies in Scripture are nothing new, but, you know, we skip ahead to, uh, like, genealogies and chronicles or skip ahead to uh like the genealogy in the beginning of luke's gospel um the there's not a listing of how old everybody was there's a listing of who fathered whom fathered whom tracing you know for example with luke's gospel jesus's earthly lineage back to david and then back to abraham and then back to adam right so you know why there would be a genealogy is is pretty obvious especially because if we look at these names and if you look at the names of the genealogy of of like Noah's line it's following Noah and Shem right and if you follow the, the genealogy in Genesis 5 it's following Seth's line Ad, you know Adam's line through Seth not Cain right so so there's a there seems to me to be not too much of a head scratching about like, the presence of a genealogy, and and especially the presence of a genealogy at this point in the early chapters of Genesis. But, going back to what I started with, like, they're recounting the ages. So, so somebody, (laughs) and many somebodies, is of the opinion that these numbers teach something. Um, And it doesn't, you know, as far as that question goes, it doesn't really matter how you interpret, like, the explanation of the numbers in terms of biology or, you know, you posit some kind of, you know, difference in how we count ages or, or something, you know, as crazy or as simple as you make it. Like, it, there's still the, the idea that, okay, Adam lived 930 years and Methuselah lived 969. And that was apparently important enough to write down. Um, despite the fact that it seems to be the norm and it seems to be, you know, increasingly the case that people didn't live that long, and they were aware of it, like like that um, quote you you just mentioned from Jacob and and whatnot. Um, and so I'm thinking to myself, like like, well, what are possible implications? And the most the 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 one that the only one that i can think of that really makes sense to me you know not that this is the o- means not that that means this is the only explanation or that it's the best explanation but it's certainly the first one that came to mind and it's the one that i think fits the most is as we're moving away from from adam seth and we're moving down you know especially before we get to noah and then those those first few generations after noah we're moving further and further away from Eden, further and further away from paradise, and we. See, I think the the genealogy from Adam to Noah and then the flood is is really obvious. Where the the overall story of those chapters, you know, Genesis four, you know, after Adam and Eve get sent out of Eden, Genesis four, five, and six, the the arc is that. And no pun intended. The the ark that gets us from Eden to the Ark is a story of as God, you know, is giving his his He's telling Noah what he's going to do. He mentions the the uh the violence and the sin that has corrupted the land. And you, you see this this increase until it gets to the point where you know God is God has has said no more. And I want to push back I God, I think God's saying in in 120 years I'm gonna cut off mankind from the face of the earth and I think that
1: the I like I, I, no, I, no, I, go ahead I I, I agree I, I I saw in researching here there was some like interpretation where some people were like is that what he's saying that in 120 years I'm going to do this or is God uh putting a limit on the lifespan of humanity so that is an interesting debate
0: I just yeah I don't think there's that, that it makes any sense as a limit because people go on not only you know not only after he says that but after the flood and a really really long time after the flood to live longer but then also we live like 100 120 like people still live longer than that they're ridiculously old you right. know but like <laughs> the like Guinness World Records people are like 126 or whatever and typically we don't live that long so that's true it, yeah you know it seems like he's doing a very bad job of of laying out the limit if if that's what it's supposed to be uh both in terms of when it su- is apparently supposed to take effect and then also the fact that it's it's obviously not a very strict limit which i mean you know i guess that could be the case but it makes a lot more sense because he's he's giving this statement of their days shall be 120 years in the context of hey noah things are really bad i'm going to kill everyone because things are that bad and in order to to cleanse and redeem the creation that i've made i need to get rid of this uh plague of of sin that has corrupted my creation uh and then he you know it it just makes more sense to me um so, I, you know, we have these these numbers associated with the lifespans of these people that I think, you know, I, I think I've heard that this is a possible or, or this is one of the possible interpretations that um, Jerome gives of this is that he says, like, oh, well, people had to figure everything out, you know, and it would take us as a race so long to, like, develop technology and farming or whatever else if... Every, you know, 70 or 80 years, we had to start from scratch because everyone died. But, you know, you get hundreds and hundreds of years to figure things out. You're able to, te- you know, learn more. That, that's, I think, a really funny, like, practical sort of way of looking at it. But also, I, I think that the bigger lesson, like, I think it is about a lesson. And I think the bigger lesson is this, you know, if we talk about um, the introduction of sin and death into the world as, as the fall of mankind. So like to kind of pick up on like the literal image of somebody falling over or falling off a cliff. It's almost like this continued descent as we're getting further and further away from actively literally being in paradise in Eden and in the communion that Adam and Eve enjoyed with God in the beginning in, in Eden as we're as we're as we've fallen and are getting further and further away we're getting further and further away from the state that humanity was in. And once again, I think that that, one of the reasons I think that that makes the most sense to me as a way of interpreting what's going on is that it works no matter what you do with the numbers, because what... What what I think I'm trying to highlight is the fact that like Genesis five, Genesis one through twelve, the whole book of Genesis, the Pentateuch, it's it is the word of God, His revelation given to His people to instruct them in in um, life and godliness. Like like uh, is it first or second Peter? One of those said you know. Uh, I think is where I'm getting that. Maybe I'm wrong, but the point is, um, it, it's it's similar to to how I think many interpretations of Genesis one's creation account goes, where where it's there's an emphasis on what is the book of Genesis and what is this section of the book of Genesis aiming to accomplish. And I think a plausible argument is that it's aiming to accomplish certain you know like foundational truths that it's teaching about who god is and who humanity is in you know in in the sense of the origins of humanity and i think this this you know continued descent that uh you know ultimately culminates in the flood and then um i mean obviously that doesn't fix everything because we have the calling of abraham the people of israel the messiah like the 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 plan doesn't end at genesis 6 but you see this this again this 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 narrative arc from Genesis one and two into three from four, five, and six and, and I think that that place trying to at least place those lifespans in the genealogies in that context, I think does a better job of dealing with the evidence, especially because you have you, you have, and we'll get into this in a second, I think, but you have just there's a lot, if you want to go with there's some biological or genetic explanation, I feel like you just have a lot more, um, you just have a lot more like little like difficulties you have to deal with. Because, you know, why did it change after God said 120 years, if he meant, you know, that's the limit? Why did people live past it? Why did it change up until the time of maybe we want to say the conquest and then it stopped being normal for people to live over 100 years um, you know what what was so different about you know if, if we date Moses to something like I don't even know like 11 or 1200 BC I think is kind of a, a, a close to a traditional date I think for, for like Moses and the Exodus like what was so different about the world or humanity you know biologically genetically environmentally 3,000 years ago versus versus 1,000 years ago or, or 2,000 years ago that, that people stopped living that. You know, I, I feel like you have a lot more difficulties to deal with if, if you're trying to explain in that way. And you still haven't actually dealt with what I think is the most important question, which is why are we told about these numbers? Um, once we establish, you know, an account for how the numbers could be that way, And I think it's better to answer the question from that direction. Um, When I should rephrase that, it's better to answer that question when we're talking about like, okay, why is this here? If that makes sense. Yeah. And you, Um, yeah,
1: no, that does make sense. And I think what you did is you, you gave a, a why as opposed to the how, because a a lot of me thinking through this episode was like, well, how, how could they have lived that long? How, how, how did things change? But you're giving like the the reason of why. And if you even think about like what happens in Genesis, right? Like God curses the ground. So like life is going to get more difficult post-sin entering the world, post-fall. Like so you're, the 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 ground is going to produce thorns and thistles. You're going to have strife in your relationships. Um, so like, you know, in, in some sense of, of you asking why is this even here? I mean, God granted those long lives, and that's one thing you have to bear in mind too, is like God allowed it to be so, um, so that even looking back at it, look, if we're you know, thousands of years removed, but think of the, even the people that are in short change closer to Adam, like they can look back and see how far that things had fallen. Like in other words, like those long lives testify that death was not a part of the original intended perfect creation. I mean, that's, Basically, when, when in the, in the garden, when, when Adam and Eve are told not to eat of that fruit, what is, what is the, the, the punishment or what is the result if they do, you will surely die. So it wasn't, you know, maybe they, you you could say like, okay, well, they should have died instantly. Well, God was gracious. Well, that doesn't, doesn't really matter. The, the, the fact of the matter is, is that death still comes, death still reigned in the world. Sin had entered, um. And so, I mean, in effect, like, sin destroys. Sin destroys all things that it touches. So, in a sense, sin destroys life. Um, and, you know, you, you mentioned, like, genetics and stuff like that. I mean, this touches a little bit on how, on some of the how question. But, like, it, it isn't hard to recognize that, like, a result of sin is death. Another result of sin is disease. Um, and so, as as the, you know... I'm no no, like biologist or anything but as 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 people grow as diseases develop um, those are things that are going to shorten lifespans I mean when you think about human history and the different things that have befallen people you know stuff like smallpox and polio and the bubonic plague like that's that's an example of like even a foreign like to humans coming and overtaking humans like from rats and so it's this is these are things that are a result of the fall, and as the fir- like I think you had alluded to, like the further that we get away from paradise, the more that we go east of Eden, so to speak, uh, the more sin, the more death, the more corruption, and it's really easy to see. I mean, those numbers that I started listing, it was like nine hundreds, and then seven hundreds, and then four hundreds, and two hundreds. So the the further that that people were getting from the 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 dawn of creation. The, the lifespans were getting shorter and shorter and shorter until we sort of like reached kind of where we're at today and it, it, it's kind of stagnant now um, but I think that that's part of the why it, it's 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 um God showing um you know humanity like you were intended to live forever and you are no longer even living hundreds of years you are living a short uh, uh life that is but a breath or but that is but a vapor um and so like, it, it's just interesting to think about. And, and and something else I saw when I was um, doing some of the reading and research here, uh, think of like the promise that was given to Adam and Eve that like a seed of theirs would, would restore all this fracturing. Um, and so in a small way, like God was being kind to Adam to allow him to live for 900 years. Like think of all the multitudes of generations that Adam would have seen like, I don't know if it was like seven or eight or nine generations or whatever, um, but like allowing Adam to see God's covenant faithfulness um, by witnessing the population of the earth. I mean, the 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 way that Adam got to see that versus what Abraham got to see, for example, right? Like Abraham didn't live nearly as long to see his people even get the land that was promised to him. But Adam was allowed to see that, um, at least to some extent, um, much longer. And so... Like this, it's almost like a reminder to mankind that that God had that he had promised to send a redeemer into the world. You know, this offspring of the woman that she would eventually come, and so Adam got to see. And maybe, I mean, depending on how you want to think about it, maybe Adam was glad he lived long to see all of that, or maybe he was just like ready to be done. Like I, I wonder if by the end of nine hundred some years, if Adam was just like this world is but toil and hardship and death and man I look what I have done so maybe it was like simultaneously mercy and punishment it was almost like a cosmic joke or something um I didn't really think about that either but yeah I mean I, even I like when I think about my life I'm, I'm 20 uh, 27 years old and I, I think about the the life that is theoretically ahead of me if I live to be 70 or 80 years old like I still have a long way to go. Um, or people that that live to be 70 or 80. like I, I have family members that are in their 70s and then you compare that to somebody who lives to be hundred. They still have like 20 to 30 more years left. Like that is that is insane. Um, so imagine yeah, living 900 years. Adam Adam saw it all. That dude was like ready to be with his Lord and he had to wait a couple thousand years for Jesus to descend to the depths of Sheol. Um Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Go listen to that episode. Um, now I'm rambling. Um, one other thought I had before I, I kick it back to you is like, regardless of if God like said, your days will be no longer than 120 or if just the results of sin meant that lifespans were shorter, like, th- this is of like, th- 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 this is a, 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 this is a merciful restraint. When you think about it, like despite sin coming into the world, uh, God was still being merciful in that because like, think about like your Adolf Hitler's, your Mussolini's, your Stalin's, like imagine if people like that had the ability to live for six, seven, eight, nine hundred years and the things that they maybe would have been able to carry out. And again, who's to say like someone wouldn't have taken them out sooner or whatever. It doesn't really matter. But like the point being like the, the crazy evil that you could, that could theoretically be conceived of if, if one were to live that long and to be able to live like a quote unquote healthy 700 year lifespan. Um, like it's probably a good thing that people don't live to be that long. Um, you know, I don't know. That was just another thought I had while I was thinking about all this. So, um, Kind of curious if you have much else that you want to add. I know we said, like, we've we've kind of been focusing on, like, the why. But I thought it was at least interesting exploring some of the theories on the how. So I don't know if, like, you had any that you wanted to talk about. I could talk about some.
0: No, yeah. I mean, I think there's there's probably, like, like a lot of things. We could probably come up with, like, general categories and then different, like, spins on it, you know. So we might have some kind of, um, you know, like... Some kind of biological overarching theory, where it's like there is some difference in human biology, and then there are different ways potentially of explaining what that difference might be, or how that difference could take place in a way that would, could or would account for these changes, or we might have something like the environment, or or et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I think that I think that the how is 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 worth like. It's interesting like I think it's 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 interesting on the one hand and kind of fun in its own right but also worth talking about but even as I say that I with this question or this um you know series of questions potentially I think it's maybe mm, I don't want to be too strong but I don't I don't think it's necessarily super helpful to focus on the how not in a like head in the sand, it's too hard, so I don't want to, you know, be faced with a challenging question kind of way, but more in the way of, like, it's not something that we have access to in terms of any kind of reliable way to, like, find out this information. Um, And I also tend to think, going back to, like, the sort of, like, explaining the why, like, more than explaining the how. I I don't think that answering the how, even if we knew that it was 100% correct, gives us anything super helpful, if that makes sense, where um, it's not like, just as an example, oh, God revealed to me in a vision that people used to live longer because there was something with their DNA that changed and over time deteriorated to where you live shorter. Okay, let's just pretend God gave me that. So what? I live now. <laughs> I didn't live then. <laughs> They're not alive. You, you know, like there's, it, it, it kind of strikes me as like a so what question. And I, and, and, um, I think that, and I, I see this a lot. I see a lot of parallels in this kind of conversation with like Genesis 1 conversations. Um, I think that there is a very easy like pitfall to get, get trapped in. Of really honing in on trying to gr- almost grasp at straws to try and fit what we see the text saying into a very modernist, materialistic way of looking at the world. So we have to come up with, there's a, you know, to use the Genesis 1 example, there's a gap here and there's a, you know, there's a poem here and a, and a whatever over there that accounts for this connection. Uh, and we can take a look at this, you know, geological study that supports this. It, you know, and, and I just I feel like you run into very similar things here where you're really just speculatively trying to find anything that you can sort of hold on to to formulate a coherent explanation that fits into an explanation of human people as you know these these particular mammals that experience these biological processes in our cells and our organs and our tissues that are explained by science as we know it and that's just you know it it's not a scary thing to say that that's just not what Genesis 5 is interested in. It's not what Genesis 1 is interested in. And and it's not because those things aren't, we have to pick one or the other. It's because we're doing two different, we're, we're addressing two very different sets of questions and trying to act as if the Christian faith stands or falls on whether or not we can fit an ancient Hebrew text into, you know, a contemporary Western scientific model of the world or the universe or humanity is a very silly thing to say, because the Christian faith has stood for millennia before we even had that understanding or uh, picture of the world or the universe or humanity. So that is like a very long and maybe overly aggressive sort of caveat to where I think it's fun to imagine or to read about possible, like, how did Adam live 900 years theories? Um, And I think that it's important to do that kind of, you know, fun speculation in its proper place, which is not to get bogged down as if this is somehow the primary or even a very important question. And that might kind of, you know, make it sound like I'm just punting to try and avoid needing to come down on a strong answer and you know maybe I am I don't know I don't think I am at least (laughs) um but I do think that there are you could you could get maybe even more so than like creation you could get pretty pretty crazy with it I feel like with with this kind of thing in terms of um you know my great great grandpa only lived 110 years and Adam lived 930 and here's why you know like (laughs) I don't know yeah, um, no, I But agree. I think you, I think you've definitely got more to say on like the actual possibilities that people have put forward um, for for explanations. So I'm eager to hear. Yeah. I'm eager to hear more.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I will list a couple of theories here. And again, I don't think that this that this these things necessarily even matter. I think this just is a, a great example of like our maybe it's even a flaw in humanity, but our desire to like have really neat and orderly coherence to things that we don't readily understand like so when we see that somebody lived to be 950 years old and that doesn't fit our mindset it doesn't it doesn't there's no neat category that it goes into we want to find an explanation And that, I mean, that does play into this whole mystery month. I mean, this is a mystery. And so people have tried to solve the mystery, right? So they'll, they'll explain it away by saying, oh, it's not actually years. It's just a a different way that we're talking about time, uh, or years weren't, uh, you know, a year back then wasn't the same amount of days as a year that we have now. Like maybe a year was just a hundred days versus 365. Like people can come up, like you said, with any number of explanations to try to explain what's going on here. Um, and I I think the most important part is not the how, but the why. And I think at the end of the day, like, sin is the how. Sin entering the world is the how. Um, and it just, as sin grew, our lifespans decreased. I think that's the most simple biblical answer. Um, but some that people have put forward is the, um, basically, like, people in Genesis lived such long lives um, because of this, like, there, there was this idea of a, a canopy of water that used to surround the earth. And according to the canopy theory, the water above the firmament, so like Genesis 1-7, for example, it, as the theory goes, created a greenhouse effect and blocked much of the radiation that now hits the earth, resulting in ideal living conditions. Um, and this is the one that I've, I think I've heard growing up like most frequently. Like I remember hearing it in like... um. Like, oh, in a dinosaur context, maybe we'll touch on this in a couple of weeks when we talk about dinosaurs. But like, how could dinosaurs live uh, to to get growth so big? Like were they born big? Uh, or are they like what we have like today of like alligators and lizards? And because they were able to live in this greenhouse effect, they they, like humans, lived to be hundreds, if not thousands of years old. I don't know. Again, this is all just speculation. If, if, it, if it mattered, the Bible would tell us, like you, you said, like we have everything that pertains to life and godliness that is from like first or second Peter. And so like, God hasn't given us the answer. God hasn't told us directly why people lived longer than versus now. Um, but the, the, as, again, as the theory, go, as the theory goes, this canopy of water, um, at the time of the flood poured out onto the earth. So Genesis seven eleven. it seems like that there are waters coming from below and above, and it's not just falling from clouds like rain does today. And so effectively ending this ideal environment. So that's, that's like one speculative theory is again, like there's this big, uh, just uh, think above like the atmosphere. There's just this water that exists. It creates a greenhouse effect on the earth. Um, that, that's sort of how people have speculated. And I, I read that this theory has been abandoned by most creationists today. I don't know if that's true or not, because this article was somewhat more, uh, I guess, maybe you could say, um, like, liberal or progressive or whatever. So, like, if they, I I feel like, cr- to me, it, this seems like something that Ken Ham would still, like, teach. I, I don't know if that's true or not. If you guys know, let me know. But this kind of...
0: Like, I guess, like, not 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 that you're an expert on this canopy stuff. But like, I I guess the question is like, when did people start speculating that? And then maybe like, because my this is like, does does water even do that? Does water block radiation? (laughs) Like, yeah, I I wonder, I wonder if this is a theory that just no longer makes sense. It could be, you know, in terms of, of today. As we've advanced in our knowledge of just how you know, the sun's rays work or whatever, maybe we've realized People have realized, oh, this doesn't work. Even if there was this layer of hmm. of water or what, you know. But um, not that we, not that I'm trying to debunk theories that I don't know. I've never heard anybody defend, and that you're not defending, and I'm not defending. Like, you know, it's just it's just a curious thought of like it's it's interesting that that article mentioned that because I it's it sounds like the kind of thing that might have like made sense before more than
1: it makes sense now right before modern science and understanding right well and then the other one that i came that i found that like it showed up a couple of times and it's one that you sort of alluded to but um in the first few generations after creation the human genetic code had i guess developed few defects so like adam and eve were created perfect and so, again, this is all speculative, but they were surely highly resistant to disease and illness, at least at first, because if they had been made to live in a world where that stuff didn't exist, um, well, their descendants would have inherited these advantages, but to a lesser degree. And so over time, as a result of sin, as as humanity branches out, as the gen- genetic code becomes more diverse, um, it becomes cr- increasingly corrupted. And so human beings became more and more susceptible to disease and death. Um this also would have resulted in drastically reduced lifespans. Um, so that, again, that's a, a speculation that, that the genetic code, that, um, that as, as humanity expands across the earth, we become more divergent. I mean, even thinking about, like, ethnicities, as people... Uh, The further we get away from Eden, uh, people uh, go out into the world. Um, These people settle here. These people settle there. And imagine for hundreds of years, those people live in these encampments. Like your own little groups uh, develop their own little diseases and illnesses. And then you traverse to this new place and you get those diseases that you haven't been exposed to before. Like it's the same thing that happens today, right? Like you can go to different parts of the world. Like think of like super remote um, like, unreached peoples almost. Like, you can't just go in there because you're going to be exposing those people to a whole host of things that they've never been exposed to, which is literally what happened when people came to the Americas when they were during the age of, um, uh, like, exploration. Like, we literally brought diseases to America, to South America, uh, because those people had yet to have been exposed to them, and a lot of people died as a result. So it's, like, not too difficult to think that, like... Again, the further east of Eden we go, um, these sort of things continue to to develop and expand and reduce lifespans. So, those are two uh, more highly touted theories. I don't really place much stock in them. Uh, At the end of the day, I I think it's simply sin, and sin has a multitudinous—is that a word? Uh, Sin has a, a multiplying effect where it could be any number of things. I mean, it could be, it very well could be this genetic code thing. It could be s- diseases. Um, it very well could just be, um, you know, the more people that are on the earth, the the easier it is to die. I mean, you, you get hit by some new technology that was developed or, uh, you know, some neighboring community wants to go to war with your community. I don't know. There's probably like any, any number of explanations you could give, but I, I like that we've, that we've tried to more importantly emphasize the why, um, like why is this here? Why is it important? Like maybe like how does it apply to us today? Um, like personally, I I'm actually thankful that in God's mercy he has not allowed me to live in this fallen world for nine hundred years. Like, I don't think I, I don't think most people could mentally take it in in the world that we live in today. Um, well, first of all, it would also be like way too crowded, I think, if people were actually living that long. Um but like just with, with the, the world that we find ourselves in today, um, it, I think in God's mercy, he has been kind to us to allow 70 to 80 ish years on average to be the lifespan. Cause even those days are spent toiling, laboring, uh, under the curse of sin. And we, we wait and we long for the day where we are free from these bodies of sin and decay and where we are made perfect, where we have new bodies that are, uh, glorified and where we will live forevermore with our Savior, as it was intended. I mean, what better way to spend eternity, right? So that's that's sort of my thing. Curious if you have anything else you want to yeah. add.
0: No, just just besides echoing all that, I I think in conclusion, like this this question, this topic serves as like a good illustration of like something that is that is helpful in any kind of passage, like or any any collection of passages uh that you're trying to to figure out what's going on it's one of the i think a a very helpful sort of hermeneutical like first you know like a first step is to be like what's going on here in the sense of why why is this written why is this being said and those questions don't necessarily answer the questions of like you know, asking why did the writer of Genesis keep the, the, the uh, years in there doesn't answer how did Adam live this long. But it does, I think, focus our attention on what scripture is, well, what scripture is and what scripture's doing, which is not a, you know, collection of interesting history facts that we then have to like figure out how they square with our understanding of what we thought the world was like. But, but actually, there's a much there's a much higher purpose to what Scripture is, to what these these uh, texts mean in our lives and also the lives of of um, God's people for thousands and thousands of years, you know. And, and so I think that it's a helpful illustration of like why you ask that question and how to go about approaching something like that is to start with, well, what do I know about scripture and what God's trying to do? And how does that help me to ask the right questions? Cause ultimately the text isn't going to tell us how Adam lived that long, hmm. um, or what the details of that are. So we have to learn how to ask the right questions of the text. And I think that, that helping to remember the, the purpose of the text is a, is a good way to begin that process. So yeah, I think that's just kind of my concluding thought. And, um, uh, I think that I think that I would like I said, just conclude with that and echoing all that, all that you said.
1: Cool. Well, we'll close with a word of prayer here, and this is this comes from a a, a very small verse that we mentioned there, but it's Psalm ninety. I felt like was a, a great prayer to read as we wrap up this episode. The CSB says, "Eternal God and mortal man." That's the title for this psalm. It's a prayer of Moses, the man of God. It says, "Lord, you have been our refuge." Or quite literally, you have been our dwelling place in every generation. Before the mountains were born, before you gave birth to the earth and the world, from eternity to eternity you are God. You return mankind to the dust, saying, Return, descendants of Adam, for in your sight a thousand years are like yesterday that passes by, like a few hours in the night. You end their lives, they sleep, they're like grass that grows in the morning. In the morning it sprouts and grows, by evening it withers and dries up. For we are consumed by your anger, we are terrified by your wrath. You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. For all our days ebb away under your wrath, we, we end our years like a sigh. Our lives last seventy years, or if we are strong, eighty years. Even the best of them are struggle and sorrow, indeed they pass away quickly and we fly away. Who understands the power of your anger, your wrath matches the fear that is due you, teach us to number our days carefully so that we may that we may develop wisdom in our hearts. Lord, how long turn and have compassion on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your faithful love so that we may shout with joy and be glad all of our days. Make us rejoice for as many days as you have humbled us, for as many years as we have seen adversity. Let your work be seen by your servants and your splendor by their children. Let the favor of the Lord our God be on us. Establish for us the work of our hands. Establish the work of our hands. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the Doxology Podcast. Man, we've been cranking these out for well over two years now, 220-something episodes. We ourselves have ebbed and flowed from one episode a week to two, back down to one. And, like, man, you guys still show up. You guys still give us feedback and uh, listen to our episodes. And so for that, we say thank you. Uh, If you want to connect with us, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter, at Doxology Podcast. If you're old school like me and you want to send a long-form email, you can do that. Send it to doxologypodcast at gmail.com. We always welcome your feedback, uh, your critiques, your praise, uh, monetary gifts, uh, episode ideas, whatever you want to send our way, feel free to hit us up. Uh, but until next time, we hope that you're living your life and the days of your life, uh, however many they may be, um, in the joy of the Lord. So... Until we see you next week, be well. Adios. I forgot. Hannah's like, I dare you to say, wow, like Bowen Wilson on the podcast today. And I forgot. I was going to like, wow. And I didn't drop it, so...